Before we start this week's podcast, we'd like to encourage our listeners to consider donating to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. It's a nonprofit organization that fights for racial justice. Through litigation, advocacy, and public education, they seek structural changes to expand democracy, eliminate disparities, and achieve racial justice in a society that fulfills the promise of equality for all Americans. Visit www.naacpldf.org to donate to an incredibly important cause. All right. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Good evening, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening. Uh, Getting a little bit later start here this evening than what we normally do. But hey, we have an extremely special guest with us this evening that uh, uh, we just decided we had to have on no matter the time. Uh, So Chase, welcome to the show. How are you doing this evening? Dude, I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. But two things. One, you called me special, and I don't know how I feel about that. We'll address that later. Uh, two is you said, wait, it's Tuesday? We're watching football right now, and you're saying it's Tuesday. I don't understand this. What's going on? I know. The There's fucking this NFL. Whole situation happening here, guys. I, I'm going to be the CNN breaking news alert for both of you. But there's something. I think you pronounce it COVID, but it is running rampant. So there's been some schedule adjustments here this year. Yeah, apparently the NFL loves the Ravens for some reason and is doing everything they can to not cancel any of their games. So that's why we have Tuesday Night Football here. And and speaking of COVID and the Ravens, uh, breaking right before the game, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but Des Bryant apparently tested positive for COVID literally five minutes before the game was scheduled to start. He was out on the field for warm-ups and everything. Apparently hugging other players and whatnot. Uh, how do you guys feel about this? Because I, I really haven't processed this yet. Um, it seems like this is opening up a really big can of oopsie for the NFL that it was such a late positive test, and then he's already had contact with a bunch of people. What do you guys think about that? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on this, Dustin. But first, we I feel like you want to jump into bed without doing the foreplay. We have to do a proper introduction, and then we can talk about stupid Des Bryant. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sitting here trying to play with myself to get myself turned on, you know, just because it wasn't getting there for me. But, you know, I'm down for whatever. However you guys want to do this, I'm down. Like, I've, I've dealt with booty calls, okay? I've gone to somebody's house at 3 o'clock in the morning, and they just wanted me to hop right in bed. So it's up to you guys, however you all want to do this. Look, I need a little bit of extra teasing before I get into it, okay? Otherwise, it's going to be a wet noodle situation for the rest of the episode, and I'm not willing to deal with that. Well, that's on you, because I know Chase you know, had a couple podcasts before this, so I figured he's just primed and ready to go. Just wanted to jump right in, so uh, Jake, that's Dude, on you. This is round three, okay? <laughs> this is round three. I finished already twice. I'm going three times with you guys, because that's how much y'all turned me on. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Wait, what's this podcast rated? Do you have like the NSF, whatever the hell it is, like checked on your on your thing? No, yeah, just, it's going to be just, like an NC-17 e. for sure. <laughs> At least. All right. So I got a little ahead of myself. Apologies to everyone out there listening. As I said, we have a very special guest. I'm going to reiterate that. Uh, Chase Vernon is joining us this evening. How are you doing? Why don't you... Uh, Tell everybody out there a little bit about yourself here before we get into the episode, just to placate Jake here. 
Oh, placate Jake. All right, so <laughs> where can you guys find me? You guys can find me at joinourcircle underscore. You end up putting in just join our circle, then it comes up as the knitting company that hasn't been around since 2014. But join our circle underscore, aka Fantasy Intervention, is a group that we're just getting started out there, and it's been growing like crazy. We already have a website going, fantasyintervention.com. And we're over there to keep you guys entertained. You know, I've been in the bar business for my entire life and pretty much degenerate for my entire life as well. So I wanted to tie my degeneracy, is that even a word, into fantasy football. And the fact that, you know, anytime before like 10 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night, I am completely like numbers driven. And then after that, I am still numbers driven, but my numbers go way downhill uh, just because of the, I guess, alcohol intake. So we wanted to tie those two things together. Fantasyintervention.com. You all can have some fun with us. Obviously, just judging by the intro, make sure your kids are not around while y'all listen. But special Wednesday nights with <laughs> Daddy's home. So, yeah, that, that just becomes a whole new animal. But, yeah, so that's a big part of it. But uh, believe it or not, I actually work with kids with special needs as well. If you guys go check oh. it out, it's at Some Yards. Uh, we're teaching kids with fantasy football how to play – or kids with – I'm sorry, kids with special needs how to play fantasy football. So it's something as to where, yeah, we're very, very excited about it overall, and it's been – overly successful in the very tough year to do it over the first year so go check it out it's at some yards uh, some yards better than no yards which is old madden term yeah you guys can find me uh either place i Plus, love it yeah absolutely. see what That's we awesome. almost missed dustin because you just couldn't wait to pull up behind him and go to town you gotta leave some breathing room for these nice wonderful nuggets to come out <laughs> this is true my apologies it's uh, all good. It's all good. But okay. now we can probably talk about. Well, actually, I want to talk about what I'm drinking because I was very excited, Dustin, to talk about my drink. I, I can tell. So, what are you drinking, Jake? I am. I'm just going to derail this entire introduction. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Dustin. Uh, I, this is why we can't record this late. I can't handle it. Uh, I am drinking a whole hog. Hazelnut Brownie Imperial Chocolate Hazelnut Porter. That was a lot of words, all to say that this is one of the tastiest beers I've had in quite a while. Oh, nice. It's pretty heavy before you go to bed, man. Mm. That's going to go straight to your hips, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it? It already has, and I'm <laughs> fine with it. I'm comfortable with my body, Chase. I, I didn't say you weren't. I was just curious about where it goes. That's all. By the way, I didn't cover this. You guys can find me on Twitter as well at FF underscore intervention. Sorry, I, I meant to plug that. I knew I was getting something. I always do. <laughs> There's just so That's many fine. things. There is. So things. When you're that important, you're bound to miss something. <laughs> I am not important <laughs> at all. At all. All right. And Chase, are you uh, imbibing this evening with us? Um, yes. I am actually drinking an original Paps Blue Ribbon beer. Nature's oh, choice nice. products to provide its prized flavor. Only uh, the finest of hops and grains are used. It truly Selected is. Selected as America's best in 1893. I don't know when yours was created, but mine was created in 1893, and it's still good. Somehow, it's it's still tasty after 130 years. Meanwhile, I also have Ezra Brooks Distillery Collection, which I accidentally cracked up when I was drunk the other night. Ooh. So, yeah, I was trying to impress somebody who didn't like bourbon. I didn't realize that. Oh, no. <laughs> you wasted it. <laughs> I'm not wasting it, my friend. <laughs> well, that's good. There we go. And I love how you're just playing to, right to the hosts here and drinking PBR, because that's right in our wheelhouse. 
straight out of Wisconsin. God, I love it. Mm-hmm. So thank you for mm-hmm. that. It's, you know, anything that plays to me, I'm, I'm all about. So <laughs> Dustin, are you drinking a PBR right now? I am not. No, I am drinking. And Jake, you're going to be a little surprised by this. I'm drinking the Sierra Nevada Celebration IPA. It's their their fresh hop winter IPA that they come out with every year. Uh, it is really delicious. It's not like the super West Coasty, um, dank and and just nasty IPAs. Uh, this one's actually really nice. I actually really like it. So I, I'm turning the Get corner on IPAs. Yeah, I'm turning the corner. You'd be so happy for me. I'm proud of you. I truly am proud of you in this moment. So. Again, I'm glad that we got to this. Now I can show how proud I am of you mm. uh, for your for your beer choice. Mm-hmm. But with all of that said, again, I apologize for derailing Dustin. Do you want to talk about Des now? Oh, wow. We're still talking football. I forgot. Well, we got to get back to football at some point, I suppose. Um, as I left it off, if you don't recall, I said, what do you guys think about the situation with Des? I, I threw it back to you guys, so. Oh. What, do you want to start? Do you want to start, Jake? Oh, I mean, sure. I always want to start. Let's be honest. Uh, I think that is fucking dumb. I think that this is so fucking stupid. Dustin, remember that big rant that you had just a couple of weeks ago? Maybe it was even last week about how awful the NFL has truly been about this. Yeah, because it was the whole delay for the Pittsburgh 18 times thing. Mm-hmm. Instead of just doing what we thought to be the proper thing and kicking it as far down the road as you possibly can and giving yourself some breathing room, they just pushed ahead. That's exactly what they're doing with this. You get a positive test from a player that was on the field right before kickoff, who, as you said, is hugging, palling around with folks. And they're like, well, we'll just get him out and that'll take care of it all. It's fucking dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. Chase, how do you feel about it? I couldn't have said it better. Uh, it like it's weird. Like the whole situation is weird. First off, uh, you know it, it's something as to where like the Ravens. Why do they keep having these issues? That's my first question. Like mm-hmm. why is this the tenth time that they've had a, a COVID case like separately almost? But then to sit there and be like, hey, we're concerned about your health, but we watched a video about you know that lasted probably close to six hours about an hour before the game started you know because we had to do a contract trace as to where everybody was uh it's just it's a strange strange situation and you know what i'm glad there's football but i really hope it doesn't get passed to some of these other teams because if that's the case we're talking big big time trouble and implications from who's ever in charge of that that area like Mm -hmm. this is something that you know either they're putting their job on the line and the job of, you know, multiple other people. And they, they better be right, essentially. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, the NFL has done up until maybe the last couple of weeks, a fairly good job of not having any sort of major outbreaks. I know earlier in the season there was, you know, Tennessee had their outbreak, <clears throat> but it ended up being fairly contained, uh, you know. The last couple of weeks, things have kind of started to get what feels like a little out of control and, it's a shame coming down to the end of the season here where we don't have a lot of wiggle room. Now there's no more bye weeks you know, it's, it, it's just a shame that, that things could, could get really wonky here right towards the end of the season with a lot of playoff implications at this point. And I just don't like it. Like I, they, they need to tighten things up and obviously it's not going to happen at this point. Cause the NFL is very stuck in their ways with, with how they're, 
handling COVID and how they're dealing with the teams. And I just hope we make it through the end of the season here unscathed. Knock on wood. They better go to a bubble in the playoffs. That's all I'm going to say. Like they, they have to go in the bubble in the playoffs because they can't afford to continue to push back games mm-hmm. and stuff. If they have multiple games that, that have this issue, we can't be talking about, you know, the, the playoffs going into March or into April even because of some issues. And you can't just cancel games. Like you can't mm-hmm. cancel playoff games because they would lose significant revenue. Yep. You know, revenue that these teams need going into free agency the following year with the salary cap issues that they've already had. You know, these are some of the most profitable times for the NFL with the playoffs, especially down this stretch. So, this is also one of the reasons on a Tuesday night, and there's no other games, why they probably did not cancel this game is because it had such a big deal to do with revenue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Comes down to the almighty <laughs> dollar with the NFL. Dollar, dollar, <laughs> bills, y'all. They need that to go to a bubble. The NFL's. Mm-hmm. And they talked. It's like, why are you talking about doing a bubble at this stage in the season? Why haven't you already just locked this thing up? It's so ridiculous. Well, that would make too much sense. But I, I like that well, idea for the playoffs. So I think if they could yeah. do a bubble, uh, have it on a couple of neutral fields, maybe for the first couple games. And, uh, you know, not that there's much of a home crowd anyway at this point but i'm sure for the playoffs some teams will you know lighten up their restrictions a little bit again to get more revenue in so uh that's a good idea i like that i hope they should take you under consideration as an advisor and uh see what happens i I, i've been talked about i i talked to um adam schefter and he actually said i was in consideration for multiple different opportunities moving forward with the nfl uh, however, I was actually asleep when that happened when we had the conversation. It turns out it was in my dream. But <laughs> I dream about it about every single night, to be honest with you guys. That's a good dream, though. That I is. mean, honestly, if, if you're going to pick like a top 10 dream this time of year, that's got to at least sneak in there, I would think. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. Wait, wait, do, I, do you mind? Is, am I getting too personal if I, if I ask if you woke up the following morning? and had to like immediately change the sheets or I, I guess I'm just wondering how deep you went into this dream. Let's just say that I woke up harder than I did when I watched daddy's homes, uh, Thanksgiving episode, you know, on, on only fans. <laughs> mm. The things that guy does with gravy out of this world, out of this world. We just did an injury report and it was supposed to be an order of like, you know, the foot and the ankle and the knee, like it was supposed to go in order. And uh, the Steffi over there, Steffi Smalls, who's absolutely amazing, one of my favorite people, she was putting in order, but she got a little bit busy prior to. So she ended up putting like the ankles next to the shoulders. And she's like, oh, those don't go together. And I was like, uh, on Mike's OnlyFans page, they definitely do. If you've seen the wishbone. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. That's glorious. Oh, I love it yeah, so, so hard. I'm pretty sure I was the only one that got the joke in the entire like thing. We had 38 people watching. Well, actually, no, I might have not been the only one that, that actually got it because we went from like 38 to like 18 in like two, like, two minutes. <laughs> everybody else didn't. They just didn't want to hear it. A lot of people got uh, it. A lot of people got right the fuck out afterwards. Yep. Uh, uh, how, how are your was... listeners right now? Because I'm so sorry if we just lost 20 of them. <laughs> I think oh, no. we actually just gained yeah. like, quite a handful from that. I think word is already spreading about this. Yeah, oh, they're used God. to it from us, so that's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. <laughs> All right. I think we uh, exhausted the how the NFL is screwing up COVID here enough for the evening. Uh, let's talk about our drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 drunk,
Yes, I'm so happy to bring this one to you. So this is another Reddit submission. This one is from Phil from SC. Hi, Phil. It's a redraft league, 12-team PPR. There are no premiums here. Okay. Okay, so his story goes, guy in our league battles insomnia. You can always tell when he can't sleep because he blows up our group chat and sends random trades. He sent me a trade for my CD Lamb for his George Kittle. I accepted it. it kettle on here. That's true. It does say kettle. <laughs> Look, I didn't want to call out his poor spelling. This was a copy and paste job. So this is all on the bill. I thought you actually meant like like he tried to trade like a kitchen kettle. <laughs> that would be maybe I'm misinterpreting this whole thing. To be if fair. it was a drunk trade, I'm just saying. That, well, it that goes be. perfectly in line with the end of this, and I think you might be onto something because he goes on to say, "I accepted in a heartbeat because he really <laughs> needed a kettle, but the league vetoed it. <laughs> the league vetoed it. This man's out here trying to get housewares, and his league mates are stepping in, calling for collusion, which I think is horse shit. <laughs> Phil, I'm sorry that you had to go through this. Uh, so let's take this. Let's take this thing apart, and let's say." As with a lot of our trades recently, this one came five weeks ago. Actually, six weeks ago. This was right before Kittle got injured. So, both <laughs> folks healthy. Dak was still around, making CD look good. Uh, the Kettle was as fine as ever as well. Uh, so, let's just look at this one versus one here. How bad is this with some reflection? CD for, let's assume Kittle. Uh, is this really awful? Do you guys have uh, strong feelings about this? Wait, 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 wait. Hey, like, is could this be a dynasty question? Or are we talking about redraft? This is redraft. This is redraft. This is redraft. So we're saying based off of hindsight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go ahead, Justin. Mm-hmm. Oh, based ahead, off Justin. hindsight, <laughs> with how bad CD Lamb has been and how not playing George Kittle has been. But Just- let's say. Okay, no, let's say without hindsight. Th- no, let's th- say at the time, six weeks ago. This is why you never veto right here. Because on the surface, it looks like a terrible trade. And this is a redraft league. It's not even Dynasty. Uh, but it's both players. Well, Kittle's been out and CeeDee Lamb hasn't done pretty much anything since Dak has been out. So it's been kind of a moo point here. And, and, and there's been no points scored, essentially. So how... This is why you never veto right here. This is a perfect example of never veto because you don't know what's going to happen on the surface. It could look horrible, but in reality, it was just kind of eh. both players got screwed in the end. So it's like no harm, no foul at this point. But let's say hypothetically, because I'm interested here. So Chase, hypothetically, six weeks ago, you're in the position that uh, that Phil is here. Right. And you get offered Kittle. For your CD Lamb, do you take that in a heartbeat as Phil did? I still think that the Kittle side won because guess what? You knew Kittle was hurt. CD Lamb mm-hmm. <laughs> like bombed your roster and probably lost you weeks because you played him and he failed epically. Um, so honestly, like I'd much rather have a player that I know is not playing than have a player that's going to fail you 90% of the weeks going forward. I mean, he only had like one good game, right? That he was actually startable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe that was up against no Amari Cooper at Washington. That must have been two weeks ago. Who they have? I can't remember. But either way, I mean, I think I think that uh, Ceedee Lamb actually only had like one week that was actually startable 
um, since that point. So honestly, I'd rather have the guy that I know is not going to affect my roster because he's sitting on my IR. Mm-hmm. It's what I used to say about Will Fuller uh, back before he became kind of consistent this year. But it was the old Will Fuller thing. Well, at least with Fuller, I know he's either going to be playing and playing Dynamite or he's going to be injured and then I don't have to start him. Except for the one game that he gets injured during, of course. But that's you, you take that with it. So I love that point that you brought up, Bill. <laughs> You get you get free roster space now uh, of yeah. somebody that's competent and probably gonna get you points. Call them roster bombs. They'll blow up your roster. You know, like you're sitting there and you're looking forward to playing them that week, and then they, you know, like there, there's no reason, rhyme or reason you should play it because the rest of the offense sucks around them. So, you know, outside of you know maybe an Allen Robinson type situation, like that's like the only guy that I actually feel safe playing. That's on that bad of an offense as like a Dallas, you know, base offense without Dak Prescott, without an offensive line. I mean, can you guys think of another player that, you know, won't blow up your lineup from week to week? I mean, that, that is on that bad of an offense. Not anymore. A week or so (laughs) ago, I could have said that before Joe Burrow got injured. And even though that offense wasn't great, you know, you had those options there. No, probably not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have the guaranteed guy than the roster bomb. And that's very crucial for this part of the season, too. Just keep that in mind. You know, like a lot of people are picking up these, uh, you know, these these waiver wire ads. You need to add this guy. You need to add this guy. And it's like, dude, I have I have the biggest pet peeve with waiver wires. Like, I just want to punch half those people in the face that put up <laughs> waiver wire ads. I swear to God. Is this is I'm sorry. Is this a Devonte Booker segment? Is that what it, it could be Brian Hill. It could be Devonte Booker. Like, I mean, you know, we talk about oh god, my favorite one, right? Freeman, Devonte Freeman. That mm-hmm. that one. Oh my god, when people were sitting there, you got to throw forty percent fab at it. I'm like, dude, he's not good. They got a bad offensive line. This system has been yet to, you know, they they still have a while to go before they figure this out. Up until they open up this offense, you're going to have this guy running the back of an offensive line when he hasn't been playing. And we've seen how COVID affects this. Like, you know, I actually think I mentioned on one of y'all shows how, was it you guys that had Elvin on? Or not Elvin, I'm sorry, um, Edwin. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I brought up on one of y'all shows that uh, he actually looked into the whole COVID thing affecting the injuries. And it's because I actually talked about an article that I wrote where the injury percentage back in 2011 when they had the lockout was up 300%. So once that happened, he's like, wait, like, wait, this is actually serious. And he went, went through all the medical charts. He's like, holy fuck, I actually got to look into this. So he looked into that because of an article that I wrote back for Dynasty Happy Hour in like May as to where like, hey, if you don't play and you'll condition your body, there's going to be 300% more injuries. And this actually might be slightly higher than the 2011 season as to this 2020 season so far. But I mean, dude, you can't sit there and, and take these guys that haven't been playing and just throw them in your rosters without knowing the system, without being, you know, relevant. So mm-hmm. anyways, waiver wire ads bug me. That was the point. <laughs> I don't remember how we got there. Fair I enough. I'm never going to mention yes. it to you again. I'm never going to talk about waiver wires in front of you ever again. No, no I'm good. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of. All right. Uh, so, I love, no, I love it. Dustin, are you ready for this? No, I'm not. But, you know, it's on the show sheet, so we got to kind of talk about it, I guess. <laughs> so, if, we, if you need to circumvent for a little while longer, we can we can try. No, so. that's okay. It's like a band aid. Let's just fucking take care of it, rip it off, be done with it. So it's only been like twenty five minutes. So you know. I know can't postpone much longer. <laughs> I'm dreading here. it the entire time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have a beer bet to pay out from last week. Um, the the beer bet for reminder for everyone out there was 
Robert Woods versus DeAndre Hopkins for receptions for the game this last week. And Jake had Bobby Trees and I had Hopkins. Going into probably what felt like the third quarter of the game, Hopkins had like no receptions basically. Uh, so I really thought I was going to lose this and lose it bad. Uh, but then once the game was over, I looked, I was like, oh, it was actually a lot closer than I thought. Uh, so yeah, Bobby Woods ended up with 10 receptions, Hopkins with eight. Uh, I feel like that's got to be like a season high for Woods at this point, I, which is really unfair uh, that it happened on, on a week that I bet against him because I hate to bet against that guy because I love Bobby Trees. He's one of my boys. Uh, but so yes, I lost, uh, unfortunately, here. Uh, I, I've got just a little bit of fireball left here that I will be doing this evening to pay this off. Just enough for one Can shot. I- can I just tell you really quickly that this was not the official season high? He did have a 12-catch game, and that's kind of what got me in this mode. That was just a couple of weeks ago. So not to be all torn, uh, horn tutor here myself, but I'm going to I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you going to horn toot yourself? I'm going to horn toot myself. <laughs> he does guys, it all the time. It's, it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> I think we need – I needed some privacy. <laughs> All right. Well, Jake, this is why you are an amazing fantasy football analyst slash genius. Congratulations, sir. I appreciate it. Thumbs up. Fire, fire balls up. Balls up, balls up. Thank you for that. That will get me through the week on a chipper note. I appreciate it. Uh, I would like to say you're welcome, but you're welcome, I guess. The All good right. news we get to transition into a very small section of the uh, podcast for once. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I thought this has all been small so far. <laughs> hey, it's perfectly adequate. <laughs> That's what my wife tells me every day. <laughs> so we've got a uh, injury update here uh, as we do every week. Just a few injuries of note this week. Uh, Went through and, and double checked for once here before we actually got on air for the injuries. Uh, only three that are really fantasy relevant for this upcoming week. We've got Frank Gore uh, with a concussion, Daryl Henderson with a knee injury, and Joshua Kelly with an ankle. Uh, so far, all of them are uncertain if they're going to play this week. So definitely keep an eye on that if you're going to rely on them in your fantasy playoffs here. Please, sweet baby Jesus, I hope you don't have to rely on any of these three for your starting rosters in the, in the fantasy playoffs. But if you do, be sure to check out very closely because you're going to have to really go digging deep here. Uh, on, on, I don't want to say the word waiver wire um, uh, to get replacements for these players. So uh, <laughs> keep an eye on that uh, as, as we get closer here to the start of the fantasy playoffs. So, Perfect. Jake. Well, before we get into the meat of our episode here, a real quick word from our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. They are a daily fantasy sports gaming website for the uh, casual sports fan. It's simple, it's fun, it's easy to play. All you do, you pick a game that you want to get involved with, any old NFL contest that they have, they provide you some contest lines. You choose more or less. And if you choose right, you get money. It's seriously that easy. Uh, you can sign up with Monkey Knife Fight right now and get a 100% instant match bonus up to $50 with promo code DTFF. 
Yeah, definitely go check them out. It is a lot of fun. Uh, we are happy to have them as a sponsor for us. All right, moving on to the heart of this week's episode. We are calling it DTFF's Believe It or Not, not affiliated with Ripley's Believe It or Not. So, uh, not we, we, yeah, well, we don't want to get sued. So, uh, basically, what this segment is all about here players that have unexpected spurts of high fantasy production throughout this year. And what do we expect? This is more dynasty focused. So, what do we expect next year and maybe into the future here for dynasty uh, related? So, we've got a bunch of players here. Uh, I'm just going to kind of go through the list, start naming off players. If we want to talk about them, we can. If you want to say, yeah. I expect them to do well or no. Eh, we don't really need to talk about them. That's fine. But um, let's start about start talking about one of the fantasy darlings here that had a hot stretch right down the middle of the season, Travis Fulgham. Uh, do you guys think that uh, he's going to be fantasy relevant next season at all? You want to take this one, Chase? Um, sure, yeah. He actually went to ODU, which is a local college. <clears throat> this is something as to where this guy was not very polished off. The coaching over there... Good, solid coaching, but he needed some work. And when he went to the Lions, I thought it was a great opportunity for him. Unfortunately, between, before the 2020 season started, he got cut, went over to the Eagles, and I was like, man, he's buried on this depth chart. Well, dude, this guy stood out, absolutely popping off, crushing souls. It was fun to watch this guy. Absolutely just a blast to watch this guy go off. But as he sat there and you know, more options came in. It almost was like they were forcing him into a role as to where he was not comfortable with. So <clears throat> when it comes to, to Fulgham, I don't know if he's guaranteed a spot, but if you have a deeper league, he's worth a stash on my back end, but he's definitely not playable right now uh, moving forward for, for normal, you know, leagues at this point for redraft leagues. Yeah. I'll be very interested personally. Oh, sorry, Dustin. Oh, I was no. just going to say, yeah. I'll be very interested personally to see what his rapport looks like with Jalen Hurts here coming up. Um, since he's officially been named the starter, at least for this week. We're to see if if he can foster a good enough consistency with him. That would be great to see. There's, I, I'm tired of Philly trotting out the Alshon Jeffrey non-show at this point. <laughs> um, and it feels like that's just helping derail what little um, mojo Fulgham had to work with there. So... We'll see. Maybe Hertz can pick him back up. But, yeah, I'm not feeling super keen on him for next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn because I really liked what I've seen out of him. Like I said, that that stretch he had was just phenomenal. And I'm, I'm wondering if they're not playing him at this point and they're throwing old man Alshon in just because they want to lose and not get a, a lower draft pick coming up here. Uh, it's just a great coaching strategy here we're like no we got to play the guy that you know we've, we've paid all this money to and then next season Fulgham will you know Alshon will be gone Fulgham will be there left uh to play alongside Rager um I would hold on to him though as a deep uh bench stash end of the end of the bench here and see what comes from next season uh, next person on our list here is Robbie Anderson, who has had a resurgence. He's had a lot of hype over the years about how great he is. It's finally come to fruition here. He's, he's paired up with his, uh, old college coach, a uh, lot of talent on the team. And, um, 
do do we think this is is something that can continue? Like we said, we, he, we we've seen the talent, and everybody believed in the talent, uh, especially Jake here. Uh, was was a big time believer in in Robbie. And there's a lot of with Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. You got Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pass catchers on that team. Can he continue in a real good fantasy role here uh, moving forward? I look as the resident Robbie former truther uh here for mr anderson i just gotta say it's wild what his season has looked like like you know there was a stretch when he was with the jets that he would only turn it on for like the last five weeks of the season and then he'd be super relevant for you could win you your playoffs if you decided to pick him up that late or hold on to him and start him then it's been the exact opposite for robbie this year he started off so hot so hot that Robbie Anderson. And now ever since like week five, he's just done absolutely nothing. I think I read a stat. Maybe this was pre this last week. I should really fact check this, but he hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. Am I, am I crazy here? I think it's something outlandish like that. Like he has just been so different from basically week five on. So I don't know if it was just. A nice change of pace for him joining with the Panthers. But it's it's still now hard for me to put any faith in him. Maybe it's because my heart's been broken too much. But I just can't do it for next year. Yeah, what about you, Chase? Oh, you're muted, dude. Why'd you mute me? I didn't mute you. So Sometimes... Uh, <laughs> I'm over here looking up Savage Garden lyrics, so I didn't want it to pop up and be part of the podcast. So, uh, the, the stories behind the scenes, guys, in the private chat, I apologize to everybody who doesn't, there isn't a part of this. Anyways, um, no, it's something I swear, like Robbie Anderson, uh, he's, you know, he's somebody that has always been something that I liked a lot. You know, I was like the first person in my fantasy leagues to like actually pick him up uh, in dynasty leagues, at least. And, you know, at least stash him. And then I traded him away after his hot streak because I saw the schedule that he had upcoming last year for 2019. And then he ends up with the Carolina Panthers. And I'm like, dude, I not only did I do well for, for 2019, I crushed it for 2020. And then he comes out and lights shit up for, for 2020. Uh, with that being said, I still think they're going to involve in the offense. I think this offense is slowly getting better and better. And it's going to be very interesting what's going to happen if they bring in another quarterback. You know, not to replace no, it's to replace Teddy Bridgewater, you know, like a younger guy. If, if somebody falls, some that's a guy that they fall in love with, but needs some time to develop. So Robbie Anderson will always actually, uh, you know, be a part of of this this great offense moving forward. And I like him, and I think you should hold on to him. But it's like, you know, if somebody comes in with like a boom offer, something insane, like I'll take that trade almost any day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. All right, next on our list here is uh, Tim Patrick. Uh, he he's flashed. He's had some good weeks. I personally, if if I get a good offer for him, I I will trade him. I just don't see him having a as big a role as he's had with um with oh my mind's drawn a blank. Cortland Sutton coming Cortland? back from injury yeah. and Jerry Judy gonna be uh second year in this offense. You got Noah Fant going into his third year, which we know is the tight end breakout age. Uh, so I just don't see Tim Patrick having a huge, huge role in this offense, barring injury. Uh, maybe someone, again, you could stash on the end of your bench as a 
break glass in case of emergency type guy. But otherwise, after this season, I don't really see a, a huge role for him. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, Tim Patrick is somebody that I'm actually staying away from big time. I wasn't a big fan of him last year. Uh, this year, he wouldn't have even had an opportunity because they're trying to get that young uh, wide receiver corpse like actually lubed up for the quarterback of the future. Whether that's Matt Stafford is you know who I actually have Gage going there. Uh, now Carson Wentz is on the table. Uh, Jameis Winston, somebody that actually wanted to go there to compete with Drew Locke this past year. Oh, I would love that. But <laughs> I, I do. I, I thought that Jameis Winston was going to end up there to compete, to be honest. And then he ended up going to the Saints, and I was shocked. But uh, yeah, no, I mean there were just so many different routes that that Denver could go this upcoming year, and mainly it's consist of Matthew Stafford. But it could be really any of those. Oh, and then, of course, my one-on-one pick to end up in Denver is Dak Prescott. Ooh, Ooh. that would be tantalizing. But that doesn't, um, that's nothing to do with Tim Patrick. I, I don't like Tim Patrick. Like, that has nothing to do with Tim Patrick, by the way. That I don't care. Do I love Sutton. it. That has to do with Jerry Judy. That has to do with KJ Hamlin. I, I don't, I'm off Tim Patrick. I don't care. Like, if he gives me 12 points a game for the rest of the season, great. Yeah, solid flex option, whatever. <laughs> I do kind of feel bad for Tim Patrick. One, not just because his boring ass name has kept him off of anybody's <laughs> redraft radar for this year. Like, I don't care about Dynasty. Like, even just for redraft this year, nobody is taking him seriously. But he's been producing. He he is a very solid, okay receiver. And for fantasy yeah. purposes, like he's actually fairly consistent this year. Uh, yes, of course, it's because Cortland Sutton's out and Deshaun Hamilton is trash and Hamler's taking some time to get adjusted. And uh, Judy just apparently doesn't deserve looks from Drew Locke at this point. Um, so all of that being said, he's done exactly what you would want him to do as a fill-in. So let's say hypothetically he gets traded to some place with some value during the offseason, then sure, I will go in on Tim Patrick because I do believe he's a solid enough talent that he can accrue fantasy points for you. If he stays in Denver, no, I, I won't have him. I'm trying actively right now in my dynasty league where I have him to trade him, and nobody will bite. He's Dontrell Inman to me. Like, I haven't looked at their size or anything, like none of those comparisons. But for me, like, I just feel like when I watch Tim Patrick play, I feel like I'm watching Dontrell Inman. And maybe I'm completely wrong on that. Like I said, I haven't seen any of their metrics or anything, but it's like very just the vanilla style. Another guy's like Zach Pascal, although I think that Zach Pascal is probably better at the point of catch. It's still something as to where, like, when I watch these guys play, I'm just I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Show me something. <laughs> show me something cool, like like Cole Beasley last night. Show me something fun. <laughs> Do something with one hand. God. Yeah, Cam Lord. Sims over there is doing it. Why can't you? I mean, Cam Sims will <laughs> drop the ball that's right in his hands, but I don't care about that. I don't care if he has six drops in a game that actually hit him in the hands when nobody's around. I want to see you catch the ball with one hand. Yeah, I want to see you catch it with your feet and then cartwheel into the end zone. And if that's the only catch you make all night, so be it. You know, as as uh, a former associate of mine once said in intramural college flag football, um, if you practice catching with one hand, it makes you better catching with two hands in the game. So the the logic uh, uh, trends here. Those one handed like catches. Putting the weight yeah. on the bat while you're swinging in warm ups and then taking <laughs> it off. Yeah, is absolutely. That's the idea here. It okay. is. All right, moving on. Uh, next one, one of Jake's new new hot flavors here. Uh, I know he's got a thing for him here. It, it's Nelson Aguilar. Uh, having a bit of a resurgence here with the Raiders. Uh, 
maybe Philly's the new place where kind of like the, you know, Adam Gase, where you leave that uh, shadow of darkness and you, you bloom into, into what you really should be. And Nelson Aguilar has been doing that this year. Uh, he, he's, he's looked surprisingly good. Uh, what do you guys think? Is, is this the real deal? Can you count on him? Maybe to be more of like a flex option in this offense, uh, and a week to week on your roster next season, or is this kind of a flash in the pan deal? Uh, more of like the, the, the fourth year breakout. So real quick, my computer like froze completely. So I want to make sure I'm on the same. Yeah. It looks like I'm on the same page as you guys right now. Cause like for a second there, my computer is completely froze. No, no. Well, you okay, came good, back at the right time. Yeah, no, we're yeah. good. We're good. <laughs> no, it was it was right when you sat there and you posed the last question, and then like you just stopped and you went like this, and I just thought that you guys both stopped with me, and then I talked and I realized I wasn't moving either. So <laughs> <laughs> it was only for like a two second period, but I was a real roller coaster ride that you've put us through. Yeah, <laughs> you could have just we're started talking; we never would have known. <laughs> We're talking about Savage Garden behind the scenes. Uh, it's just it's nuts. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. Uh, we were talking about Nelson Aguilar and how he's actually like a talented wide receiver now. And yeah. how he's actually always had the talent but never had the hands. And now that he actually knows how to catch, he's actually really good. Although he still does have a few drops. Uh, he's always been really talented. I mean, my, my game, the story of Nelson Aguilar's life for me, right? And I was never huge on Nelson Aguilar. I liked him. Never huge on him. I was never like, oh, this is the next big guy. Anyways, he had a game where he had 10 catches on 13 targets and had like 150 yards or something like that, 140 yards. Those three other targets were uh, were drops, and all three of those drives ended in three, three and outs. Those drops were all deep passes that would have ended in touchdowns. So he would have essentially had over 280 yards. And obviously the game script, you know, might have been different. But uh, for those drives, all three of those drives did not result in him getting more catches or anything. All three of those drives ended in three or uh, at least, you know, punting situations. And all three of those catches would have been touchdowns because he had home free. So that's the story of Nelson Aguilar's career for me. Like he has all the talent in the world. If he could just catch the freaking ball from time to time, you know, just, you know, make sure you catch it. And he has, like I said, I mean, he could be. Maybe not a superstar, but somebody that, that is like a Deshaun Jackson performance type guy. Not saying he's like Deshaun Jackson, but like has these pop performances where he could go off for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Always has been that guy. Yeah, even when he was with the Eagles, certainly. I think before the much maligned uh, drop that, you know, he pterodactyl armed it. Uh, I think right before that moment and right before the meme started of the firefighter who was talking, or the non-firefighter who was catching people jumping out the window. You know that? And they say, we were catching those people, unlike Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> he had a moment where he was talking in the news. He just got done catching people out of a flaming building, and he took time to rail <laughs> on Nelson Aguilar. Uh, there you go, Philly. But I will say, it doesn't seem like he's been the year in the league for six years. Also, which is weird to me. I, that's strange. He seems like a third-year player to me. Um but look, he's on a one-year contract with the Raiders. If he gets brought back by the Raiders next year, I'm actually a little worried only because him and Ruggs, to me, are basically pretty interchangeable. If Ruggs turns out to be the player that people wanted him to be, obviously he's not showing it right now as a rookie, but if he comes on uh, next year, does he kind of 
are they duplicate assets, I guess, for that team? That, that's my only uh, concern there. But otherwise, it's like you can trust to just keep him around and treat him as a wide receiver 3-4 and be happy about it. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Now, it, he's kind of like a... I'm not going to put them in the exact same category, but kind of like Corey Davis. I think everybody had such high expectations for them. And I think we just need to lower our expectations. No, this is what they are. This is what they're good at. And, and don't move on from that. Just, just, you know, he's never going to be that number one wide receiver, you know, as high as Philly drafted him. So we just, we just got to be okay with that in the long run here and just know he's got his role. He's got his position. He'll have his blow up weeks. He'll be a probably a decent uh, flex option for you, and that's okay. Everyone has their role. Absolutely, I think the fantasy community. Thank you for bringing this up. We need to stop doing this whole "they're a top ten player" or "they fucking suck" thing. <laughs> that's our mantra. It's like if they can't sniff the top ten, then what do I even want them on my roster for? Everybody has to be the best of the best of the best. Or else, you know, they can get the fuck out of here. But it's like you need role players like Nelson Aguilar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Let's move away from wide receivers here and talk a few running backs. Uh, I'm going to skip the first name on the list just because it's really gross. Uh, so I want to talk about Naheem Hines here. He has had the wildest season this year. And I'm curious to get your guys' opinion on is he going to be a big part of this offense here in Indianapolis moving forward? Or is Jonathan Taylor going to take over the offense? Like everybody, including myself really hoped was going to happen. Uh, so I just kind of want to get your feel on this. And is he going to be fantasy relevant for us next season? So real quick, you guys just, you know, look in the dragon. Uh, Steph came in, right? Steph's in the chat now. And the AKA Dr. Honey from here on out. And, yeah, she's about to melt faces with her comments. So I hope you guys that are all in the chat, uh, you know, try and keep up. She's she's a, you know, a spitball. When it comes to, wait, a fire? A spitfire? She's a spitfire. A spitball fire. A spitfireball. Anyway, it all so many words. Do you spell It's all one word. What's happening, Chase? It's all one word. Do you taste I pennies? Malfunction. <laughs> I malfunction. <laughs> uh, no, but, but Naeem Hines is... I mean, he's going to be, you know, in some sort of role with the Colts moving forward. They hate Jonathan Taylor for whatever reason, you know, even though he produces every time that they put him on the field for multiple carries. And he's a guy that needs to be in a uh, uh, just a constant role of production. Like he needs to be touching the ball. And that's not going to happen because name Hines will be a piece of this offense moving forward. Mm-hmm. Jake, what do you think? He lo- It bums me out. I mean, you know, we know Badger we know. Homer's here. It, it bummed us out the lack of playing time that Jonathan Taylor was getting because Naeem Hines was doing well. And I didn't want to believe that he was actually doing well, even as I'm watching it unfold in front of my eyes. He's running incredible between the tackles. He's obviously a very established pass catcher. And it sucked because he was boxing out JT. Now, I still believe in my heart of hearts. You can call me a homer for this. I don't care. But JT will get his time next year. I think that he will start to make that at least more of a 60-30 kind of split. And Jordan Wilkins can just get the hell out of here. He can move away to Alaska and just leave Indianapolis alone 
because I want it to be primarily Jonathan Taylor, and we've seen him now start to get more tread here these last couple of weeks. Um, but Hines is just, he's too talented for him not to be involved, like Chase was talking about. So I think he's there, and I think he's still worth hanging on to. But I do think he'll be more Tariq Cohen-esque next year than kind of the uh, boomer bust uh, running back that he was this year. Yeah, I agree. I feel like JT is just, he's overthinking things right now. Like he he hasn't been what we've seen at, or what Jake and I, you know, uh, being from Wisconsin, what we saw week in and week out from him over his career here at Wisconsin, like he, he made it look so effortless and so easy. I feel like he's just missing his reads and not, uh, not, not hitting the holes he's supposed to be hitting. And hopefully he gets a reset after the season kind of works with the offense a little bit more, uh, you know, gets, gets some of that um, off season training that they didn't get this season and, and, and will turn things around. I, I truly believe he will turn things around. I, I've got high hopes for him moving forward. Heinz is so, going to be involved. So it is what it is. But when we talk about Jonathan Taylor, right? Like he's always been like a one hit it type guy, like, you know, find the hole. And that's, this offensive line is great at pass blocking, but this offensive line is actually really terrible at run blocking. And they have been for the past few years. I mean, when it came to Marlon Mack, he had one of the most, I think he had the third most faded tackles for 2019. And he only played, you know, a set number of games. So it's something I swear with like, you know, this offense asks you to kind of sniff out the holes and find it. And we expected it not to go that way because of Jonathan Taylor coming in. And that's not the case. Like they, they sat there and they're like, Hey, Jonathan Taylor, you still got to find these holes that we're going to create pretty slowly with this, uh, you know, th- this, I guess, one-on-one blocking scheme that they have. So it, it's something as to where Jonathan Taylor isn't in a system where he would succeed, succeed immediately. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned earlier, like Naim Hines has been finding these holes, been finding the, these areas. And, and Jonathan Taylor's never had to do that because like you brought up, hey, just go find that hole and hit it as hard as you can, just over and over and over again, just pound that hole. Yeah. So that's not yeah. happening right now. It's not, and it's it's really unsatisfying. It's it's left me very unsatisfied watching <laughs> him try to hit those holes and then miss over and over and over again. It's like it's like God, you're never gonna get on Brazzers with that attitude, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Just find it and hit it. Uh, but I will, the one thing I will say earnestly here is I do actually think Jonathan Taylor gets a little bit more receiving work next year because he's starting to show now that he does have hands. And it's like so I do think that cuts into to Naheem Hines. Uh, pass catching role just a little bit uh but i yeah i'm still again he's like a a running back three four that people might cast aside for next year that you can probably get at a crazy value mm-hmm. the comments over here <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll we'll move on from that uh next person on the list here we want to talk about here or i want to talk about i should say is miles gaskin uh late round pick for the dolphins uh Flashed early, got injured, came back this last week, looked decent in his return, um, seeing as how he is a late round running back. And we all know how late round running backs and or undrafted running backs last in the league. They typically don't have as much leeway as, as those early round picks. Do the Dolphins spend some of their draft capital and they have a ton of it to spend this year. Do they spend it on the running back position, considering Miles Gaskin is on the rookie contract yet and how good he's looked? 
or or do they let him run and spend money in other positions to shore up that team, considering how good they've looked this year? Uh, so what do you guys feel like Miles Gaskin moving forward for Dynasty uh, is going to look like? I had DeAndre Swift ending up with Miami this past year. Uh, with the with 26 overall pick, I think they had. That's where I actually had Swift going. I don't think that that's the way that's going to go anymore. I mean, they're, they're going to take the Patriots mentality, and guess who's the next James White? Miles mm. Gaskin. Mm. That's like what's going to happen. You know, they, obviously they took a, a knucklehead over there, Sonny Michelle, you know, in the first round, but that was a mistake. He saw the mistake. He was there for that mistake. I believe, or at least he was there right after. He's like, oh, that was a dumb pick. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't think that Miami goes that way. So <clears throat> could they take a running back in the third? That could take away work. Maybe the Chuba Hubbard type player if Chuba Hubbard sinks. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's something as to where Miles Gaskin, those smaller type running backs, that's what Bill Belichick likes. And that's, you know, now getting passed on to his disciples outside of Vrabel. So, and Vrabel's just taking the the – you know, time that he was in there when they had Laguerre Blount. So it, it's something as to where, like, yeah, we're going to see, you know, these Damien Harris-type running backs, these Miles Gaskin type, I mean, these uh, James White-type running backs, these Brandon Bolden-type running backs, these Shane Veneer. Wait, Shane Veneer? Is that his name right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's... Shane Vereen. Vereen, sorry. I was like, wait, that didn't sound right when it came out. Anyways, that's, uh, that's where we're going with this, and that's what we're going to see for the Dolphins, you know, moving forward, in my opinion. Yeah, this is one of those tricky ones where typically I, it's tough to get in the in the mindset sometimes of these organizations, and that's what scares me. Like if we were talking about, I don't know, Jacksonville in this exact same situation, and this conversation I've had about James Robinson and his worth next year, because I want it to be, I want it to be like default workhorse for James Robinson. But with the Jags, I can't trust that that's the case. I think Miami is a little smarter than that. So I do believe, I agree with Chase here. I think, I'm not saying that they will not draft a running back because they absolutely could. But no, I don't think they blow their wad early in the draft on a running back. They know that they need a lot more pieces to really, truly make a run at this. So I think they're going to be smarter about it. But I also am not expecting Miles Gaskin to get the workload he got in those like five or six games where he was just lights out. So, Yeah, they're definitely going to have to draft someone because let's be honest Brita they traded for him has been nothing they cut Jordan Howard they really have no one else on the team as far as running backs with Patrick Laird like I mean who's that guy I mean come on so yeah I agree they're gonna have to draft someone um but I I hope dynasty players or managers just aren't too disappointed when they actually do draft a running back here and it kind of depresses uh Miles Gaskin's value all right, we, let's let's talk about the uh, previously mentioned here, Damian Harris from the Patriots. Uh, was he a third round pick for the Pats uh, last year, two years ago oh, now? Speak of the devil. Yeah, uh, <laughs> has flashed. We know Sony Michelle is basically garbage at this point and uh, just isn't a thing. Rex Burkhead injured out for the season. We know they like him there. He'll probably be back. James White, they seem to like him there. I think he's on the last year of his contract too, if I remember correctly. So uh, there could be a little bit of shake up there in that New England backfield after this season. But Damian Harris, he has flashed at times. 
and, and when I say flashed, I, in quotes, for Patriots running backs. Uh, it's never going to be the workhorse uh, uh, running back that we're hoping for. But what do you guys think about Damian Harris Again, kind of moving forward with with Dynasty, do we do we see him getting the bulk of the work there with kind of the James White as the pass catcher and works Rex Burkhead sprinkled in there as relief, or do they take another shot on a running back there to try to bring someone else in? You want to take it, Jake? Go, go. Can I just say that I think so much of this depends on who their quarterback is and if they actually stick with Cam Newton. And I don't think that they do, by the way. I don't think that they stick with Cam Newton as their quarterback next year. And that's what's going to determine so much about that backfield. Because with we often, I think, talk about in the industry about like rushing quarterbacks really have a tendency to help the backfield overall. Like you see it with Lamar Jackson. And that's just, I don't think that's true in New England with Cam there, because Cam is just a fucking vulture. He's not actually helping anybody. He's just kind of taking away from them. I think that Harris without Cam there could actually be like a viable dude next year, like borderline RB2. But if Cam is back there and I don't trust him, because he's not getting the, the pass-catching work like at all, and that's what I need. I need something in the pass-catching work. I don't need six targets every game, but I need a little something. And it, it just doesn't seem that that's going to be there for him next year. Now, if James White is gone, which he probably is, pour one out for our Wisconsin homie there, that could maybe open up some things. But yeah, if Rex Burkhead sticks around, he's probably just going to take over that anyways. I'm glad you brought up Rex Burkhead. Just saying. It's the first time anybody's ever said that. <laughs> well, I mean, he won me a ton of money in DFS. But aside from that, uh, they actually have tried to use Rex Burkhead. Um, you know, multiple different times as the, you know, workhorse back, and yet he keeps faltering. When Rex Burkhead came in the league, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy. He wasn't the strongest guy, but he was quick. And he had wheels on. Thing is, is, you know, his legs kind of got beat up over time, but he actually developed his overall strength and upper body, you know, strength when he came to breaking tackles. I feel like that's the same direction that Damian Harris is going to, except for he's doing it ahead of time because he already saw what happened to his older colleague, Rex Burkhead. So he's developing, you know, kind of similar. And I'm not saying these Christian McCaffrey or anything remote close to that, but he's developing this this upper body strength that allows him to break tackles. And I think that we could see almost like a faster, quicker, you know, Corey Dillon type role, not type player, but type role uh, moving forward from the Patriots, regardless of who's a quarterback. I love Damian Ayers. I think he could end up as a top, say, 15. Let's say top 10. Let's be ballsy. Top 10 uh, running back next year. Boom! That gave me shivers. That is a nice hot take there. I like that. They top 10. So, yeah, I like Damian Harris moving forward. Unlike most of these guys on your list, he's actually somebody that I get behind. So, so Hmm. I just want to bring up here a comment from the chat that uh, Bob. Bob says that uh, he's been watching for five minutes and no one is drinking. So, I think we need to uh, change that here. So, everyone, Jake. This is the first message you pull up after this whole entire First night. First of all, Bob, look at the top right of your screen. I've been drinking all podcasts, sir. I, I find that disrespectful, but I'll drink anyways. Because it's my podcast, and I have the power. I have the power. You don't have the power. I have the power. Thanks for watching, Bob. Uh, yes, thank you. All right, moving on here. Uh, we, we'll go with a little bit of Homer talk here for a bit. Our, our Green Bay Packers. Jamal Williams... 
he's on the last year of his contract here with Green Bay. I think, Jake, it's safe to say you and I both agree he probably won't be back after this season. Although it's 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 up in the air. We don't know. Uh, he has been very viable. He's looked really good. I think he'll probably try to test the market a little bit just because he has been uh, better than expected in his limited opportunities here. And I know this upcoming free agent class for running backs is is pretty stacked uh, as far as free agency has gone in the recent history. If he changes teams, I don't see him producing like he has on a fantasy level for us like he has with the Green Bay Packers. I think this is a perfect fit. He is a great alternate to Aaron Jones here uh, uh, where it's, you know, I hate to use the the coin phrase, but I will because it's my podcast, the thunder and lightning. You know, you, you got Aaron Jones being really electric out there. Then Jamal Williams coming in and, and spelling him, but still being very effective. And yeah, so I, I hope he stays with the Packers, obviously, selfishly because I think he's a really great fit for the organization and the offense he's in right now. Uh, but I just don't know for sure if that's going to happen. Uh, what are you guys' feelings with Jamal? I want to defer to you here, Chase, because I want an outside perspective on this. Wait, wait. So <clears throat> if we're sitting there and we're looking at Green Bay as a whole, I think this team's about to get blown up, you know, for the most part. No. I think it is. <laughs> That, that hurt my soul. <laughs> you just took away like three weeks worth of boners from both of us. You realize that. I think it should be blowing up, man. You guys do such a great job of rebuilding before you have to rebuild. It's phenomenal. You know, like <laughs> you guys win every single freaking year. Like when's the last time you guys had a losing season, by the way? I don't know. Uh, when, <laughs> no, seriously. When was the last time you guys had a losing season? I honestly, four, I don't remember. I think. Wasn't it four years ago? We were like seven and nine or eight and eight, something like that. <laughs> was it the McCarthy, was it the McCarthy firing year? Listen, no, Steffi, I think it was the year Steffi. before that. Steffi, you need to get my back in this. The NFC East is like you know completely torn up. We are fighting to have to make the playoffs with a losing record. It's ridiculous. The thing is, like, all right, so you guys don't understand. Like, as long as y'all are winning, it's fun to be fans, and it's something that's where you guys have the right. It was before Christ, by the way, um, <laughs> is, is Steffi's comment uh, when it came to last winning season. So anyways, it's something as to where, like, uh, it's like, y'all got to realize, like, when y'all have a winning team, it, it's fun to have a winning team. And if you guys can rebuild prior to that, you guys still have a winning team, that's great. Yeah, sure, you go through the pain that Philadelphia Eagles went through where you know, they made it, you know, four NFC championships in, like, five years or something like that, or six years. Like, oh, my God, I, I hate my team. We made it to... We, we did it in this many years and we didn't win the Super Bowl. Fuck the Super Bowl. Like the Super Bowl is great to brag about. But to be honest with you guys, um, you know, it's something as to where the salary caps and everything like that are working out for a very long tenure for Matt Floor. And if he can get some some major contracts underneath him, you know, with, with Jordan Love at quarterback, you know, if if they can move on from Jones, if they can move on from some of these higher contracts outside of Devontae Adams then they can still have a very successful team. Now, you guys might go through some like some some bumps in the road, but y'all are still set. Like You guys still have a sick-ass team over there, and you guys always will. So when it comes to any player remaining with the team, I don't know that anyone does that's going to be a free agent, but Aaron Jones is probably the least likely to do that. 
I think we were talking about Robert Tanyan, right? Uh, no. We can always no, we talk can, about but Robert no. Tanyan, by the way. No, we were talking uh, Jamal Robert Williams. How, say it again? I say we were talking Jamal Williams, but we can talk oh, about Jamal Big Williams. Bob. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I, I, I was going through the, the show sheet that you guys have lined up. So, no, um, with, with Jamal Williams, he probably has a, a an extreme like uh, likelihood that he resigns in order to give some, some veteran leadership to this team and to kind of guide him through. But Aaron Jones is a lock to go to the Arizona Cardinals, and Robert Tanyan is probably a lock to get out of town. I, well, don't you say that about Tunyon. I think Tunyon so – we'll smush these guys together here because yeah. Tunyon can be our next-up guy. I do want to talk about the addition that uh, that Chase made mm-hmm. in the running back column, but for the sake of consistency here. So, Jamal Williams, I'm actually starting to turn the corner that that could be a reality um, because David Bakhtiari got locked up for his long-term contract with the cap hits. It's a possibility that Aaron Jones goes away, and it would make me so good. Goddamn sad, but it could be the AJ Dillon Jamal Williams show. And at that point, Jamal Williams is going to lock up a little bit more of the pass catching work there. Can we just appreciate that he is RB26 right now? By the way, Jamal Williams, that is fucking ridiculous. Just that is he's wild. so understated. Even to me, I've never had him on a single fantasy team because I just don't I have think about him. Do you, see, good for you because I don't even think about him as a fantasy asset a lot of the time because I'm just. All about Aaron Jones, all the time, all the time. Well, last week he was tougher. Last or last year he was tougher. So I went. We through, got hurt last year. N- well, I went through next gen stats, right? And with next gen next gen stats, uh, they pretty much used Aaron Jones as a bell cow role to an extent. And I like there were certain games where he got pulled out. We only had ten carries, but the, the, the team still had twenty carries. So I was like, well, why did he get pulled out? So I thought it was because of fumbles, right? That's not true. Like if he fumbled the ball, he was still come back in, whatever the case is. Uh, you know, I thought it was because of missed blocks. Went back and watched the game film on, on NFL Game Pass. was because of missed blocks. It was because of his routes that he ran, or not his routes, but the directions that he took behind the offensive line. So with Matt LaFleur, he wants to run a very similar system to what they ran in, in um, you know, in Tennessee. And they want him going to a certain side. They don't want him to cut back. They don't want him to look for holes. They want him to hit the hole, and they want him to go upfield. Very similar to how you guys watch with, with Jonathan Taylor. You know, it's like, hey, you run. It's a wide zone run scheme. You run as fast as you can to the right or as fast as you can to left. You look upfield. Once you see that hole, you take that hole and you fucking just get upfield. You're too big. You're too physical for anybody to take down as a loss. And as long as that defensive end doesn't catch you from behind, you're golden. So bringing that defensive end around, that the left tackle or right tackle, whichever side they're running away from, is going to chop block or they're going to end up, you know, going low to keep that defender from getting there. Aaron Jones. When you watch his like, you know, his his routes and next gen stats, it's like this, like it's literally like zigzags, and then it's red because he never got past the offensive line because he never ran to that side like he was supposed to go to, and he got benched for that, and he got benched for that multiple times. Like if you go to next gen stats, I'm telling you guys, go to 2019 stats for next gen, Aaron Jones. It literally every game that he had 10 carries, it was like this. It was literally like this, like behind the offensive line. Anyways, what I'm leading to is the fact that uh, now they're allowing a little bit more freedom. But it's because they know that he's not the running back of the future. You know, they know that he hasn't gotten the system. You know, he's going to do what he's going to do. Let him get the yards that he's going to get. And if he breaks off a big one, great. Phenomenal. You know, that's better for the team. But they were trying to pull him into a system that he's not, obviously not going to fit into. So in my prediction, it's like he's going to get out. Meanwhile, Jamal Williams is now filling in regardless if Aaron Jones is fucking up or not. Like, we don't have to rely on Aaron Jones to run behind the line 10 different times for, for – Jamal Williams to get the touches. 
Oh, he's hurt. Oh, we need to save him. No, they want to keep Jamal Williams on the team next year. So that's why they're they're sitting there and utilizing him uh, in a you know forty percent role or so. I like they just this don't thing. care. Like you you like it's I was talking to somebody today. It's like hey, you let people do their thing if they're not going to fall in line, but they're still going to benefit your company, right? If they're not going to fall in line, you put them on an island, you let them do them, and then if you know if shit happens, like so what? Like they're not going to affect the rest of the team, but you bring people in. Even if they're not doing as well as somebody else is, you bring people in that believe in you and believe in your company. So it's something I swear I think that's what they're doing with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Just let him do his thing. And by the way, they're going to let him walk this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I, and so based based off of your assessment here, then Jamal Williams becomes a must-trade for a candidate. Because I don't know how good Dylan is. I like Dylan, but I don't know how good he is. So can we talk about Big Bob then? Since we're right, yeah, we'll right on the here. Packers. We're here. next door, right? <laughs> we're adjacent. So you don't think that Big Bob's going to stick around in Green Bay next year? You think that he's off to greener pastures? You see? You see what with the words? What I did? I liked it. I really liked it. Actually, like it was very, very sexy. So give me, <laughs> give me why you think that that Robert Tanya actually would stick around. Because he's finally in a system that is going to benefit him. I think, Dustin, tell me if I'm speaking out of turn on behalf of Packers fans here. But I think we've been waiting so long for Packers tight ends to finally be utilized the way that they are being utilized now. And I think that Mercedes Lewis is obviously, he's the Frank Gore of tight ends, but he's not going to be around forever. I think they're working on transitioning to a Tunyon and Jay Sternberger. Now, they did draft a fullback slash tight end and Josiah DeGuara this year, much to the chagrin of all Packers fans in the third round. Uh, but I don't think that he is the stepping stone for next year. I think that they're able to secure Tanya into a reasonable con contract for next year, and they get to uh, utilize that system. It's all probably dependent on whether or not Aaron sticks around. Aaron Jones, uh, not Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, that is. Um if they blow it up like you suggest, then maybe they get a high price for uh, – or, or they can't pay the price that they need to to keep them around. Yeah, I don't know, honestly, about Big Bob here. I would love to see him stick around. Obviously, he's finally flourished. I mean, he he had some flashes last season. Uh, kind of, you know, he was an undrafted free agent that they signed and kind of grew through the system, which you love to see. Uh, so that's why I'm kind of hoping that they'll be able to sign him at a discount and keep him on the team. Uh, but we all know that tight end is just a fucking wasteland out there too. And if you get the opportunity to get paid, you're going to do that. So it, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he leaves just for that reason alone. Uh, but I really hope that he does stick around because I don't feel like Sternberger's ready to step into that starting role Mercedes Lewis, uh, as Jake said, is kind of the Frank Gore of tight ends. He's not an every down player anymore. He's he's good in 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 uh, spurts here. Uh, so I hope Tanyan sticks around for that reason because I really don't want to go back to the tight end wasteland of the Packers that we've had for so many years. He is a restricted free agent. I have to put that out there. He's a restricted free agent, so I think that puts him in the Packers court just a little bit more. I didn't realize he was restricted. That might change my opinion slightly. But, I mean, you know, the only thing that the Packers hate more often when it comes to re-signing tight ends 
is resign on wide receivers because they actually have good ones when it comes to wide receivers <laughs> versus tight ends. Hey, for some reason, Aaron Rodgers just hates it. So, uh, you know, Robert Tony is actually a tight end. If you guys didn't hear, he's actually t- no. I mean, he's actually a wide receiver. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he's a wide receiver, like regardless, like his slot snaps and everything. He's a wide receiver. Come on. He goes on it every single route. Like he literally, I think he blocks like maybe two blocks a game or something. It doesn't him. matter. If we'll that. take it. We'll take it. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I'm just saying the Packers hate resigning wide receivers more than they hate actually resigning tight ends. Uh, so that might make it worse. All right. So we'll move on here. Uh, I laugh to keep from crying. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about uh, Mr. J.D. McKissick here uh, having a resurgence this year. Again, kind of one of those running backs that for years was kind of on the fringe. We thought he was going to have this big breakout. Uh, never got the traction in Seattle that that we thought he was going to get for one reason or another, whether it's injury or in Pete Carroll's doghouse, we don't know. Uh, but now is getting some run here with the Washington football team. Uh, we know Antonio Gibson seems like he's the guy, and McKissick is that good pass-catching back, which is really odd considering Gibson was a wide receiver in college. Uh, so we know he has the hands, but isn't necessarily being utilized that way in Washington. So what do you guys feel about McKissick moving forward? Is he someone you should hang on to or should you sell high now uh, while his value is really good? Jake, can I take this? No. I'll let you take this, Jake. This was your fine addition. It actually so was please. my addition. I'm not going to lie. Uh, no, so the funny part is, is like I was just kind of springing on you guys because I didn't want to have you know, any sort of bias because of the fact that, uh, like you brought up, like he was brought in as a wide receiver, uh, you know, McKissick is, is, is being put in there and passing downs. And at first I thought it was because of his blocking, not because of his blocking prowess, you know, JD McKissick isn't a great blocker. I think he's tiny. Uh, but like, that was the only thing that actually made sense to me. Now they're, they're easing them in. They're trying to figure it out with the Antonio Gibson. And boom, he goes out with an injury. Uh, moving forward, I don't see McKissick as part of a main benefactor in this offense, but at the same time, I didn't see him that that way in the first place. So, so they're getting seven targets or seven receptions, ten receptions. What was his max? Thirteen receptions a game or something? It's like absolutely insane. So, I'm trying to get off my bias. That's why I brought up the question and be like, "Hey guys, like, do you like Antonio Gibson moving forward, or is this somebody that you need to fade?" That's that's pretty much where it was came from for me because I it was a genuine question on my side. Dustin, do you do you want to take this? Yeah, I would personally try to sell high on him right now if you can. Uh, maybe in the off season, I'm I'm sure most trade deadlines have passed uh, uh, this season. I would try to sell high on him. I just I think he kind of got thrown into that role uh, just because with um, Darius Geis, you know, they were expecting him to be obviously the guy going into the season, and then getting cut from the team with all of his off the field uh baloney there and then uh gibson they obviously drafted fairly high they put decent draft capital in him you, you knew he was going to be involved i think they bring in a, a someone that complements their team a little bit better obviously with mckissick it's he's been getting a lot of uh receptions which is great to see but also they benched Dwayne haskins they've got alex smith who i don't think is their long-term solution there they're going to draft a quarterback, I would think, in this upcoming draft. Uh, so they'll try to get someone that fits more their 
you know, uh, Ron Rivera's style of offense that he wants to run. And I just, I I just don't trust it that this is a good long-term play for, for dynasty. I'm actually taking a slightly different stance on this in that I don't think McKissick is out of their plan next year because he's one of the few running backs that we've seen continue to get consistent work regardless of who the quarterback is in that system. So to me, it's not the quarterback then dependent. It's not the fact that Dwayne Haskins has to dump off because he sucks and he's Dwayne Haskins or that Kyle Allen has to dunk off because he also sucks. Or Alex Smith is known as a little bit more of a uh, game manager, so he has to double. It's It could be the system at this point because you have three different quarterbacks and he's had success with all of them. And I, I definitely, he's only the third down or pass catching guy. He's never going to be the actual de facto running back there. Like, let's say, worst case scenario, Antonio, Antonio Gibson's toe injury keeps him out the entirety of next year. It never would. But let's say it did. McKissick's not going to be the guy that steps up and becomes the in-between tackler. That's not his role. That will never be his role. But I could see a world where he becomes Ron Rivera's Chris Thompson or a very, very poor man's CMC in terms of the pass catching there. And I just think that once you've seen it with three quarterbacks and that coach has been there all year, I think that there's room to believe that it's more the coach than the quarterback uh, kind of getting that going. Mm-hmm. And Alex Smith does does have a crazy dead cap for next year, by the way. So he could legitimately, like, I don't think that they would do this, but they could legitimately roll him out as the starter again next year. Which, let's be honest, at this point, he probably should be comeback player of the year by far. I don't care what anyone else says. And with how he's actually played this season, yeah, let him get another one in. Like, who cares? Just let the guy have his moment. He deserves it. All right, moving on here. Let's talk a couple more times. Not sidetrack too much, but there's there's a commercial that's popped up on my TV where this people went to go drop off their car on their way to their wedding to get an oil change, and my mind is blown. They actually got into a limo afterwards, but they dropped off their car to get an oil change, and they got into a limo. Uh, to go to their wedding, and then they get out, and yeah, balloons are flying. And anyways, go so ahead. what? Sorry, what's this I, commercial I, for? I, by is, the way, uh, uh, Priority Auto, divorce. Huh. Priority <laughs> Auto, divorce. It's a commercial <laughs> for losing friends because you fucking stopped off <laughs> to get an oil change before going to their wedding. They, they huh. dropped off their car, they signed a paper, and they got in a limo and drove their wedding. Like, hey, honey, you know what else we gotta do today? We gotta go get our oil change. I'm gonna change your oil tonight, baby. But go ahead. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, come on. Like, I'm so sorry. I literally looked up for one second. It was the only commercial I saw for like the whole entire thing. And like, I look up and I'm like, oh. like, uh, who am I gonna tell about this? Like, who? <laughs> oh wait, there's there's about a hundred thousand people at least to watch this commercial in my area. So, you know. all right. Oh, god. Great commercial. Great commercial. <gasps> Matt belongs in the Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> one of one of the Super Bowl commercials. All right. Oh my God. Let's, oh my uh, God. Let's talk Sorry, a couple. Sidetracking again. No, that's all right. Sidetrack all you want, but I, I, my job as the host is to get us back on track. So uh, that that's Justin's what I'm like. Yo, sidetrack all you want, motherfuckers! I swear to God. Listeners, you should hear the. You should look at the. Pro- 
private chat messages that are coming from Dustin right now. It is just fervent. It is rage induced. Yes, because that's what I'm known for. How could you say that to me? (laughs) All right. So let's uh, touch on a couple tight ends here. Uh, First one, Dalton Schultz. He has had some good games this season, uh, considering how garbage that team is. Do we think he's going to continue this moving forward? Are they going to go to more of a two tight end set next year with Jarwin coming back? Or is he going to move on? What do we think? Wait, who's Blake Jarwin? Is that a hockey player? Who is that again? That's a real life NFL tight end. <laughs> True you, story. You watch it. And don't make me question myself Dalton like that. Schultz is signed. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, Dalton Schultz is signed through next year, but he could easily be cut without any real implications. Uh, Blake Jarwin, I'm more nervous that they'll just be like, well, Dalton Schultz is fulfilling our needs, so we don't need you, Blake. And they just stick with Dalton Schultz. I've kicked him the curve for less. I mean, I'm, they've kicked people to the curb for less. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, this team attack for the most part. Uh, you know, it's something that's where they're probably going to bring in uh, Trevor Lawrence after they trade Dak Prescott for two first round picks. They're going to trade four first round picks over to the Jets, get the first overall pick, draft Trevor Lawrence, and they're going to need this supporting cast over there for the tight ends in order to make this work. So, yeah, we're going to be looking at like Trevor Lawrence. Mari Cooper can stay there on his expensive contract. C. Lamb will be there. You know, Michael Gallup. And then you'll have the two tight ends that are, you know, trading off hand jobs on the bench as Trevor Lawrence is launching, <laughs> uh, you know, 40 yard passes the end zone for this wide receiver corp. So it's going to be insane. And we're going to see one of the best rookie performances of all time from a quarterback, AKA Trevor Lawrence. You have wild Ooh. ideas, man. <laughs> I like folks, your ideas. Folks, you heard it here first. I'm, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna save this little clip, this little segment right here, and I'm gonna play it all off season, and and when it comes true, I'm gonna be like, yeah, our show right here first. You heard it <laughs> first. It, you're gonna be like, dude, we have the funniest show ever. Like we have people that just come on here and say the most random shit. No, we're just gonna cut it. <laughs> yeah. the episode, we're gonna retroactively just cut yeah. it out so nobody ever has to see your shame. I've honestly played it on like ten podcasts so far. So yeah. <laughs> All right. okay, my shame is out there on the table. I literally did my shame and just laid it there. All right, we will. Speaking of shame, I thing to swallow. My shame is a tough thing to swallow. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of shame, I put this next uh, uh, guy in here on the show sheet, Dustin. And this can be a quick yes or no. I just want to say we don't have to go into this because I just added him on. I was curious. CJ Ozama, remember him from earlier in the year where he looked like he was going to be the best friend of rookie quarterback Joe Burrow, and then he got hurt, and then that sucked, and then Drew Sample did not take over for him like we all assumed that he would. So, hypothetically, if C.J. Uzama comes back with uh, sophomore quarterback Joe Burrow, is that yes or no from the crew here? Chase? No, I'm really sad. I'm sad. No, I mean, Uzi's out, man. Like, this is his year to make it shine. He's dealt with injuries his entire career. He he followed in Tyler Eifert's footsteps, man. Sad. It does suck. Um, I really liked what I saw out of him. I'm hoping he comes back and... and... If you can get him cheap for Dynasty, which I'm assuming at this point you can, I'd be willing to take a third or fourth round pick 
for him or trade for him for that uh, just to have him at the end of my bench because he was showing a little rapport there at the beginning of the season and there's probably worse players you could take flyers on at this point so uh, for dynasty wise yeah I, I would take a shot on him that's all I wanted to hear all right so that ends up our believe it or not segment here and we will go through uh, quickly here our starts and Bus of the week. So Chase, since you are guest this week, why don't you start us off with your start of the week? Oh God, here we go. All right, the start of the week. Um, now I I want to go super deep, but like mm. I also don't want to disappoint people because like I've had calls like um, uh, Donna Peoples Jones, like uh, multiple rookies that I like to call from week to week, and I've hit on most of them. But I decided to go a little bit more conservative on this one just just a little bit more conservative i would david johnson and i don't like david johnson at all so i thought this might be a hot take come from me i i don't know i'm, I'm going david johnson this one i just think he has a perfect opportunity as to where they they're losing options in the passing game uh defense they're up against this week you know it, it just it creates a bunch of opportunity for david johnson he's gonna be a lock for me and i'm not a big fan of david johnson so if i'm saying that he's a play this week that, that takes a lot of balls, just saying. Like, a lot of, like, ugh, like, you know, grinding my, my molars when I actually type this. Big meats. Just big meats hanging down with that David Johnson take. David Johnson's it. got the meats this week. You're, he, it's, it's a real Arby's play of the week with David Johnson. That's what we're talking uh, about. Oh, that was good. That was Can good. it be a sponsor? Arby's, are you <laughs> listening? Can you, can you support us with all that hot ham and cheese? Uh, they're in the middle of heat sweats right now, so they'll get back or meat sweats right now, so they'll get back to you. <laughs> no, I, right. I do like that call. Though. Yeah, Jake, what about you? I'm gonna go. I'm so lame. I'm going with the easy, low hanging fruit here. It's just quarterback playing against Seahawks. It's enough for me right now. But I feel like it's bold by default because it's Sam fucking Darnold who gets to play him this this week. So. Yes, that's gross. I understand that's super duper gross. And, yeah, that's and why I was making that face. In my <laughs> look, in my uh, sober state, I might not be able to look somebody in the eyes and tell them to start Sam Darnold in any week. But Chase, I will look you in those big <laughs> beautifuls that you have there, and I will tell you with confidence: start Sam Donald because Darnold. Because see, I got so distracted I can't even handle uh, those eyes looking at me. But the Seahawks are for sure still an exploitable matchup for any opposing quarterback. I will ride that. I will ride that this week. You're gonna ride that while looking me in the eyes? Okay, go on. I always yeah. look you in the eyes when I ride you, Chase. All right. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> Oh my god, uh, this has to be the, the, the tag for y'all show tomorrow. Like take this segment <laughs> out, make it your promo post. There you go. Alright, my start yeah. of the week Justin, here. Justin, who are you? I am sticking with oh, my start of the week from the last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking with David Montgomery as as much as I hate to promote Chicago running backs uh, just because they're in, in the division here. Uh, but it is a great matchup against Houston. So uh, continue uh, starting David Montgomery, as we talked about a couple weeks ago with the fantasy playoffs. He has got great matchups here. So continue to start him because I was right last week. 
do, 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 uh, he's going to get it continued to do well this week. Uh, I knew that Chase was going to abandon his <laughs> video as soon as you started talking about David Montgomery because he doesn't want his face associated with that name in any capacity. Uh, but you know what? You had the show sheet, Chase, so you knew this was coming. This That's is, right. Uh, this is really on you for agreeing to be on a podcast <laughs> where we were going to talk about it. No, I'm sure I'm going to have to hear from Mike, too. Don't worry. Uh, you know, it's something else where, like, listen, I knew that David Montgomery's going to have a couple hot games, but I, you know, I still, and it's not that I hate David Montgomery. I just hate his situation. He's in a, such a bad situation. And Matt Nagy's done a slightly better job at coaching lately because instead of trying to throw in, you know, all these little hitches and everything, great. But, I mean, wasn't it close? Like, didn't Cordell Patterson actually have a good game, too? So Yeah, so, it's a yeah. touchdown. He had like seventy yards or something too on the ground, didn't he? Yeah, he's he, something weird. Like he he's being used way more. Yeah. All right, let's uh, do some bust of the week here. Chase, who you got? You guys ready for this? Wait, I, I feel like I need the Space Jam. I just said that. I'm like, I need the Space Jam soundtrack. Everybody, get up! No, no, it's time to slam no, now. No. Wait. Y'all ready for this? Oh my god. Sorry, I've missed the comments by the way. I've been on the private chat where we were talking about Savage Garden. no, I guys I'm a server when I type the same just for record. Um it's still pretty sober. But anyways, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Holmes. You guys ready? Um, yeah. I'm a little bit worried about Patrick Holmes actually, you know, targeting uh, Needham, Nick Needham in the slot, and you know him taking advantage of that position up against, of course, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, where they are the strongest. You know, which makes no sense. Um, meanwhile, we've had Byron Jones getting beat deep from time to time, so it doesn't make much sense as to where I'm picking it. However, uh, the the Dolphins are actually really terrible up against the run, and they're allowing a ton of explosive plays. And after a week where CEH got criticized tremendously, I actually see this as a CEH-type game, and I'm not even a fan of CEH. I love Patrick Mahomes, not a fan of CEH. I'm going with my gut here because I actually have Patrick Mahomes, um, Josh Allen, and one of the big-time guy in one of my leagues. Anyways, uh, Patrick Mahomes is a bench for me. So if you guys have multiple top end quarterbacks and dynasty leagues or any leagues as a whole we're getting to the playoffs guys i know the patrick Holmes should be an automatic play but i think that he's capped at a 20 point up side this week he's probably gonna end up with 16 to 18 points well Ooh. i hope for my uh, sfb with 16 team to 18 points wrong. is like a back end quarterback one all right it's Sorry. not we always say in this segment it's not that you have to sit them it's you sit them if you have better options Okay, that's right. right. Right? Isn't that fair? If you yep. if you have to look, you may not have a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes this week, but lower your damn expectations. That's essentially what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm, like uh, you know, obviously if I have Patrick Mahomes or I'm streaming, I'm probably going Patrick Mahomes. But if you have some better options in there, because it's the playoffs, you know, this is the playoffs, guys. And Patrick Mahomes for me, he's going to be borderline quarterback ten for me this week, which is crazy for me to say, but I'm saying. Hot take. Go. <laughs> All right, Jake, hit us. Uh, once again, I'm going kind of uh, easy peasy bottom feeding here for my sit of the week or bust oh of the week. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? This is your pick. You said you take these 
take these D picks. Yeah, not this, this week. So I told I told Chase before he came on, he was asking, "Do you guys go really, really deep with these, or do you kind of stay, you know, surface level?" And I was like, "Oh, I, I go deep every week, and you know, maybe I'll I'll even go deeper than Dustin does on a on a general week, just trying to really rub it in." And this week, yeah, I said it. I said those words, Dustin. <laughs> he did. He did. And I need that. I need that cut out and played as my wake-up alarm that I go deeper than <laughs> Dustin most weeks. But but and then this week, I looked at the show sheet. No bullshit. I looked at the show sheet before we hopped on it. I go, God damn it. I don't have anybody put in this slot. So you know what I did? I went to the points against column provided by profootballreference.com and I saw that the fewest points allowed to opposing fantasy quarter, or excuse me, running backs is the New Orleans Saints. Who are the Saints playing this week? It's Philadelphia. Now, it's not enough to just say, here's where I redeem myself. It's not enough to just say that they're playing against a really good defense, so you have to sit uh, Miles Sanders. My biggest issue is that Jalen Hurts got the official start this week. He did not throw a single pass to a running back once he took over in that game against uh, the Packers last week. That's a foreboding sign, and that's dangerous because, I mean, that's what you need from Miles Sanders in this game is pass catching if he's going to return the value that you you want in that slot. If he's not getting that against that really tough New Orleans defense, then I'm totally out. Jake, I love you, but I want you to guess the most amount of targets that Miles Sanders has gotten in the game so far this season. Four. <laughs> it's probably right around there. <laughs> I know that it's not much because I've been crying myself to sleep every single night. Yeah, after after week four or yeah after week four because he's not playing week one. It's been five. That's terrible. Most of the receptions he's had is four, but that was week three. After that, it's it's three receptions. So I came in thinking that Miles Sanders was a big time pass catcher this year, and that's why I had him ranked over Josh Jacobs. It has not. I, I cry myself to sleep every single night. <laughs> it's so gross. It really is. Yeah, I actually have Miles yeah. Sanders as my bust of the week. Go ahead, sorry. I was just saying, I have Miles Sanders too as my bust of the week. So, uh, Jake, we are mind-melding here. Um, you know, he has looked a little bit better over the last couple weeks, so I just don't want fantasy managers to think like, oh, we're hitting the playoffs, got to start Miles Sanders. Well, no, this is a pretty terrible matchup. This is like people get so wrapped up in, like, start your studs, and what that really means to people is start the people with name recognition, and they don't really think about what a stud is or isn't at this point in the season, and Miles Sanders is not a stud at this point in the season. So, yes, it is really to those people who just hear the name and they go, well, I can't sit him. You can, (laughs) and you probably should. Well, they should the entire season because he only has two RB1 finishes, and one was in – Week two, the other one was in week five. Outside of that, it's been like RB3s, if not worse, all, all season. He's been one of the worst uh, disappointments the entire year and something that I struck out on. So I know how bad he's done because I've been watching every single week and I cry myself to sleep every single night because Miles Sanders just hasn't gotten there. It's very sad. Yeah. It's very sad. Absolutely. Thanks, all right. Thanks, thanks for bringing that up. You know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. And then my bust of the week here is Cam Newton against the Rams. 
Uh, they're just so tough up front. I mean, their whole defense, let's be fair. But uh, lately, Cam Newton has just been relying on his legs, and they have such a tough run defense. Their pass defense is no slouch either. So, yeah, stay away from him if you've got a better option. Please, please, please stay away from him. He's going to disappoint you this week. That's all I have to say about that. Be likey. Can we skip our traditional, like, look at what matchup we like this week and just cruise right to this beer bet because I'm actually very excited about this one. Oh, no, you are cover another hour and a half for the time. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, have a serious addiction to podcasting. <laughs> Chase. You need a FF intervention. Wink, wink. That's only the, am I the thousandth person to make that joke? Do I get a prize? Um, if you used underscore intervention, then you might've been the first, but, <sighs> uh, all right. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't get my tagline right, man. Sorry. God go. damn it. All right. Dustin, do we <laughs> want to do this? Yep. So, beer bet I threw out there on the show sheet. Who has more PPR points this week, Rivers or Carr? Now, they're playing each other. So. Can we go through the specifications of, of the, uh, the bet? Like, you know, how the stats work out for this? Because you put PPR points. Yeah, one of these quarterbacks has a reception in their history, Chase, and one of them does not. Can you guess who it is? I I took Carr, but I might be wrong. There you go. See, (laughs) now he's caught a pass in his NFL lifetime, so you want him to get the full point, don't you? (laughs) Don't you? (laughs) All right, but, okay, so wait. Now, Dustin, you put it, so you put in Rivers versus Carr. Who Mm -hmm. are you taking, Dustin? Who, who do I want to take? Or are you leaving the choice up to me? I was leaving the choice up to you. Then thank you. Thank you a thousand times over. Thank you. I'm actually taking Philip Rivers here because the matchup definitely favors Rivers. He gets Vegas, who has been much more lax against opposing quarterbacks. And I will say, Philip Rivers has come on hotter than I thought he has been these last few weeks. He's actually got, like, I think – Three straight games of 300 yards, multiple touchdowns. I'm kind of digging Rivers this week, so I'll take him. All right. Chase, do you want to get in on this uh, bet here? Yeah, I don't think it's too much of a competition. I don't want to face that. Uh, I like Carr, by the way. Big fan of Carr. I don't want to face that Derry for the uh, uh, for the Chargers. That's, or, I'm sorry, for the Colts this year. They've been a lot better as of late. Or they've been a lot better this season, I should say, versus 2019. I want to uh, go car, but my heart is telling me Rivers. All right. So the deal is... Dustin, are you... Ex- I'm accepting. Oh, yeah. Are you accepting car? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the deal is, Chase, now, um, if you lose, you have to come back on the show, do a shot, and tell me that I am an amazing fantasy football like analyst slash genius. Yes, just like that. So that is okay. the deal. If I lose, I will give props to both of you. Uh, so that so that is the bet for next week. Um, who scores more fantasy points? Chase, don't worry. Rivers or Carr? Don't worry. You're on the right side of history here. You're going to be fine. You get to <laughs> hear Justin <laughs> tell you next week. I I don't know, man. I, I've lost some good bets, lost some bad bets. I lost some good bets, and I think this is actually a great 
uh, great bet to put forward because I like Rivers a lot. Rivers has been better as of late, but you know Carr has these standout games, and you know when he faces a guy that he knows is better than him, somehow, some way, I just like Carr stands out. So. I will say kudos to you, Dustin. I've complained about gross bets in the past that you've made. Yeah. This is not one of those. So no. I appreciate it. I, I've been trying to elevate my uh, beer bet game here. So uh, that pretty well does it for this week. We've reached the end of our show sheet here. Uh, this is your weekly reminder here. After the game tonight, uh, when waivers are running, if your league runs Tuesday night waivers or their Wednesday, please go out and make sure you're double-checking who players dropped here, especially in the playoffs. You never know what's going to happen. People that are desperate to get that playoff win. They could be dropping players that will help you in the coming weeks here. Uh, so be sure to double check that snag them up chase. Why don't you tell folks one more time here before we sign off uh, where people can find you and what you're all about. Yeah, you guys can go ahead and check me out at uh, FF underscore intervention. It's on my personal Twitter page and you guys can check out our company fantasy intervention. Uh, that's at join our circle. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on today. It's it's wonderful. We had your one of your other halves, I should say, I guess, and Mike File on just a couple weeks back. It was lovely to get you on to complete the circle, if I can say that. See, I wrote that back in, too. Um, but no, seriously, this was awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. I, I do got some I got to, like, you know, let us out on. So let me know whenever you're, ended, whenever you're ready to end it, and I'm going to lead us out of this, okay? All right. Jake, are you ready? Well, just whoa, 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 we will here. Just you know, Jake, where can people find you? People can people can find me at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog, and you can find our podcast page at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. And before I let Chase lead us out here, remember, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. You guys ready for this? We're so Let's ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, wait. Speeded. Uh. <laughs> We're uh. never going to get the clearance rights. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, folks, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> oh, my.